Okay, let's take a look at our passage for the day. 1 Samuel 1, 20 through 28. 1 Samuel 1, 20 through 28. Let me read this passage before we begin to look at it a little bit closer. And in due time, Hannah conceived and bore a son. And she called his name Samuel, for she said, I've asked for him from the Lord. The man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and to pay his vow. But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, As soon as the child is weaned, I will bring him so that he may appear in the presence of the Lord and dwell there forever. Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Do what seems best to you. Wait until you've weaned him. Only may the Lord establish his word. So the woman remained and nursed her son until she weaned him. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour, and a skin of wine. And she brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh, and the child was young. Then they slaughtered the bull, and they brought the child to Eli. And she said, Oh, my Lord, as I live, my Lord, I am the woman who was standing here in your presence, praying to the Lord for this child. I prayed. And the Lord has granted me my petition that I made to him. Therefore, I have lent him to the Lord. And as long as he lives, he is lent to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. Reading of God's word, brothers and sisters. The first ten verses of the book of 1 Samuel tell the story of Elkanah and his two wives, Hannah and Penina. If a man can have such a thing as a favorite wife, Elkanah's was Hannah. But Hannah is barren, unable to have a child. And although Elkanah loves Hannah in her culture, this is an embarrassment and a disgrace. Elkanah and Hannah are good and godly people. And Hannah not only wants to please her husband, she desperately wants to have a baby. So she prays at the temple. And we see this in 1 Samuel 1.11. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and Remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son. Then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. And no razor shall touch his head. Now, we see in the deepest, darkest recesses of Hannah's heart what's going on here. It's broken. But it's a heart that is given over to God. And her desire is to honor her husband. And in so doing, honor her God as well. Hannah says, if you give me a baby... I'll give him back to you. The question remains, the question that that just kind of hangs over this entire passage is, does she really mean it? Well, in verse 12 through 19, we read that Eli prays for God to grant her request, and she goes home happy. And in verse 20, she, she has the baby. She calls him Samuel. And all of Hannah's hopes and dreams are fulfilled in a blessing granted her by God. She's overjoyed. She's filled with warmth and peace of knowing that God cares for her. Hannah's heart is is soaring. You know, can you imagine that you've asked God for this most precious of, of things that you can imagine and he gives it to you? Well, Hannah's heart is just, it, it's filled with gratefulness and love for God. And she honors God in naming the baby Samuel, which means asked of God. But Hannah had made a vow to the priest. If she had a baby, she would bring him to the temple and serve the Lord for the rest of his life. Now, we all know human nature. 
We know how this works. We've all made this sort of commitment to God. And uh, you, you, you want something desperately. Uh, you, you have your heart's desire set on it. Uh, or perhaps you're in a bad situation. Um, and you want to get out and you start making promises to God. And perhaps God grants those promises. Perhaps he gives you what your heart's desire is. Perhaps he gets you out of that situation. And you've made all sorts of commitments to him. But as soon as you're out of the situation, as soon as you get what you want, God's, those promises we made to God kind of go to the back burner sometimes, don't they? We need to be honest with ourselves and admit this. And if Hannah is like a lot of other folks, she would be looking for ways out of her vow now or ignoring the vow altogether. And at first it looks like that may be exactly what's happening. In verse 21, the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and to pay his vow. But Hannah did not go up. For she said to her husband, as soon as the child is weaned, I'll bring him so that he may appear in the presence of the Lord and dwell there forever. So Elkanah is, you know, here's what was happening. Elkanah is making his yearly trip to the temple in Shiloh. And it's time for Hannah to fulfill her vow, uh, to take the baby, to serve in the temple. Hannah says, well, not at this moment. I'll do it later. Now, if you want to see something here, and, and... you need to look at this in perspective. Hannah has a heart for God. She wanted to honor him in everything that she did. There, there's absolutely no question about that. She had that desire to do it, but desire for the baby was, was great as well. There's one more question that has to be answered in all this. She, she's got this commitment to God, but does she trust him? Does she trust God? Does she trust God with the most valuable, irreplaceable things she has? Does she trust God not with the next meal she would have? She probably does that. Or even with her own welfare, she's probably placed her welfare in God's hands. Or even maybe her broken heart, which she shattered and kind of lifted up to him. She trusts God with her heart. Or does she trust God with her life itself? Well, she probably does. She's a good godly woman. I'm sure she probably would have gladly sacrificed all those things to please her God. But does she trust God with her baby. See, the rich man in Mark 10 trusted God with everything. Everything but that one thing that was the most important thing to him, and that was what? His money. How will Hannah stand up to this test? Elkanah, totally supportive. He's a good and godly man. Verse 23, uh, he said to her, do what seems best to you. Wait until you've weaned him. Only may the Lord establish his word. He's kind of reminding Hannah that uh, she made a commitment uh, that God had answered the commitment and now she really needs to walk through on it. Uh, it says, so the woman remained and nursed her son until she weaned him. And then in verse 24, and when she had weaned him, she took him up with her along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour and a skin of wine. And she brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh and the child was young. Yes, Hannah trusts God. All she asks All she has is a little time with her baby. This is heart-wrenching. She wants enough time to wean him, to hold him a little bit longer, to love her baby before she gives him to the Lord. Hannah, just like her heart is truthful and, and, and faithful to God, she proves that she is as well. She passes this test with flying colors. Hannah not only takes the child up to the temple once he is weaned, catch this, but she takes along with her an extremely lavish sacrifice 
a healthy bull. And three times the normal sacrifice. Hannah is showing her thanks to God. I told you, her heart is filled with gratefulness. And she's showing her gratefulness to God for fulfilling her, her heart's desire. In verse 25 and 26, then they slaughtered the bull. They brought the child to Eli. And she said, oh, my Lord, as I live, my Lord, I'm the woman who was standing here in your presence praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, verse 27 and 28, and the Lord has granted me my petition that I may do him. Therefore, I've lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is lent to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. So Hannah trusts God with her most precious thing, the most precious thing she'll ever have, not just her heart, which is difficult enough as it is. It's hard to render our hearts up to God, isn't it? It's hard to... to throw our complete faith and trust in him, even with our hearts, even with our most precious belongings. So Hannah trusts God with her heart and with her baby. And we, we need to understand here, Hannah's not, not trying to hold on to this baby by saying, I lent him to God. The Hebrew word for lent here, sal, means in a roundabout way to dedicate. Han, Hannah dedicated Samuel to the Lord. Now, I've got to admit, I, I, I don't know what this was like for Hannah. I don't know if she walked away from the temple a proud mom or if she was melancholy. However, I do know this. I do know how much Hannah loved Samuel. You know how I know that? I, I, I read ahead. I looked at 1 Samuel 2, verses 18 and 19. Listen to what this says. Samuel was ministering before the Lord, a boy, a boy clothed with a linen ephod. And his mother used to make for him a little robe and take it to him each year when she went up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. Hannah loved that little boy. And I've got to wonder if Samuel knew all that robe said and meant. I wonder if he knew Every stitch was an expression of love. If he knew, it meant that he was always on her mind, always the focus of her heart. I wonder if every time Samuel put that robe on, it reminded him that his mother loved him with all of her being. But she loved God even more. See, this is a life lesson for Samuel. She loved God even more than she loved him. Enough to trust the baby in God's hands, knowing that God could protect him and provide for him and bless him in all of his ways better than she ever could. I wonder if that was one of the factors that caused Samuel to make those priorities in life. God first, and then everything else afterwards. We're taught frequently the family comes first. And Hannah's family was vitally important to her, crucially important to her. But God was even more important. I wonder if Samuel learned those lessons. The evidence would point that he did. You follow Samuel's uh, history uh, after that, that time in the temple. He becomes an incredible prophet for God. Babies are precious and amazing, aren't they? As we come to dedicate nine of our newest ones, Hannah's question should be on our hearts. Do we trust God the way Hannah did? 
there will be a challenge as these little ones grow, trusting God with them, especially as they grow older and become young adults, trusting God with them when we can't see them, when we can't track them. Well, you know what? It's not a, just a challenge for parents. It's a challenge for all the rest of us as well. Do we trust God with all we have? Do we trust God with everything? Trust him enough to dedicate it all to him? As we ponder the answer to that question, it weighs heavily on our hearts. We're going to dedicate nine babies to the Lord today. We're not leaving them at the temple, but we're trusting the Lord for them. We're trusting them to the Lord. Parents will dedicate their babies, and the congregation will make a, a commitment to the parents to help them in, in their efforts. But even as we go into the dedication of the babies, we need to ask that question of ourselves, whether or not we trust God with everything we have. Hannah did. Hannah did. And her baby had a huge impact on the history in the world. Let's pray.